Lots to get into. Um, Man. I'm Quincy Jones Go. Uh, this is Doc Lesnar that you hear that it, that uh, blaring baritone buzz buzz. Yes, sir. Hip hop hybrid. Only one in existence in the world's of hip hop, pro wrestling, yada, yada, yada. Let's get to this news, man. It's uh, it's a lot. We'll, we'll get to uh, the, it's, I guess. It's, it's more than we had last week, isn't it? Because <laughs> we didn't have oh, yeah. a whole lot last yeah. week. So uh, last week was. A little sparse and uh but now the wrestling gods have a uh, yeah did a little rain dance last did, did a little rain, rain dance, dance on us so and so now we got a uh, quite hey, a bit of stuff depend who your wrestling god is for sure um it ain't but uh <laughs> yeah we'll get we'll get there eventually um but yeah i know we wanted to kind of touch on a few little things before we got to the i guess the main yeah because obviously there's something obviously there's other things being eclipsed by the bigger deal now but obviously also stuff worth uh, reporting so we had a uh, uh, some few uh updates on injuries um, yeah so uh, one know. that i didn't realize was going on was uh shouts to um devon dudley again apparently he just got successful fusing of the l4 l5 and l6 on his back he's saying that you know doctor says he's a new man he could run jump beat his son in basketball on and off the court he can race <laughs> hey. down you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. When he started that, beat his son. I'm like, beat his son. I was like, wait, what do you mean? Oh, in basketball. I'm like, but he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, has- but yeah, you know, he. I guess he had more uh, damage to his back than originally expected, which caused for a longer uh, surgery. But he's all good. Says, you know, thanks for all the well wishes. Well wishes. God is great. Amen. And testify. So, so that must mean that's why he was always shaking around like a damn fish out of water every time he went he took a bump dude like he, his back was like yeah for real but no good for him shout out to Devon man yeah. because uh well I'm, I'm wondering if he's gonna try to make a run for like the rumble next year or something we'll I see mean, look look we got the hardy boys essentially already on their their go home tour right and then yeah we just got Devon who just got fused up saying he's a new man bully already is already wrestling like new age outlaws have also said that they're good they got some dates coming up so fuck and then edge and christian are both fucking active don't do this to me okay i know man i'm gonna I'm uh, try to find ways for christian to give back but yeah um, I think there was someone else that was on on the list. Yeah, as well, right. Yeah, uh, Jake Atlas. Uh, we saw yeah, him debut yeah, yeah. See that. against uh, was it on Rampage against uh, Adam Cole? Kind of a I don't know if they've ever met on NXT TV, but definitely a good matchup. Until we know we saw him have a leg injury, it did turn out to be a torn ACL. Uh, he did have successful surgery. He's now in post surgery, uh, and he just posted, you know, he'll be back as soon as possible. Looks like it's gonna be. I think like nine months or something like that. Yeah, I remember Mark McFly. He's he had a an MCL tear. I remember back in high oh, school yeah. for football. So he's always oh yeah, that's nine months. That's at least nine months. Like he's always he's he's always on point with it. He's like yeah, he ain't he ain't gonna be able to see the rest of the the, the, the rest of the year. He's gone. <laughs> you yeah. know, like he's done for. Um, but you know I don't want to say that about Jake. Jake's uh, definitely a friend of the show as well, man. Um, we we personally had interactions with him. 
uh, definitely wish him the best, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't want anybody to be hurt or stay hurt or have it, you know, an injury is going to be injuries happen, but you don't want, you don't want them to affect anybody's uh, quality of life and any of that. So definitely speedy recovery for uh, the superstar, uh, Jake Atlas. I actually have another update myself in the injury department. And I, I literally put out a tweet about him last night. I said, where the F is Miro? Um, and because I was wondering, like, is he injured? Because I'm asking other people who are asked, like, yeah, where is this guy? I'm like, is he injured? Last time we seen him, he was in November against Daniel, uh, uh, Brian Danielson and the Eliminator. He had a one-off vignette on the, the Christmas edition of Rampage, which obviously was his birthday, Rusev mm-hmm. Day or Miro Day. And we haven't seen him since. So I didn't know what the deal was. Um, but it seems like he is back from injury, but he's waiting to get cleared um officially by i guess the medical team to see you know he's gonna be okay to be on tv and uh all that good stuff but um i think that's great i don't know what's gonna what that's gonna mean for him but i i mean personally after seeing the induction of uh keith lee who is now all elite, i would i would love to see those two tear it up even for the TNT, even for the tnt title maybe who knows big meaty guys going at it you know big i like whole- a hot party Big houses, <laughs> just. Um, but uh, the only other thing, yeah, I, I, I mean, gonna, go ahead, I was going to add too. Speaking of houses, I don't know what this means, but another name we thought that was in the mix what, a week ago could it be Keith Lee, Gargano, Samoa Joe? Uh, I don't know if he's gearing for some sort of comeback, if it's in WWE or not. But I noticed two things on his social media. One, he put up a um photo that was i think painted by rob smog burger yeah smash burger (laughs) smash burger and it's curiously a photo of him and on the right side is homicide and the left side is punk okay i'll tell you their their time in ring of honor i I can tell you why that is is because he recently was revealed as the the third name for the ring of honor hall of fame oh okay that's probably because homicide just went in and and i uh no no he went into another one that cm punk actually i think the independence yeah, yeah that's what it was yeah yeah so but okay that makes but, sense hey, hey, but, but would be dope i'm not i'm not rolling it out but i i did want to say that you know there is that that just hit too so it could be relevant to that but who knows? yeah because it did say hashtag honored but it's the mm. most recent post after that where he's he says he's in the mountains because i noticed the last one said he was in colorado uh sitting in front of a big table with tons of puzzle pieces on there and he says you know enjoyable week up on the mountain with friends and family as the pieces are beginning to come together <laughs> the funny thing is is like he's in colorado so when you say you're on the mountain we know what you mean joe wink wink we know what you're saying <laughs> mm-hmm. you up there mile high city <laughs> you up there yeah I was, I was gonna bring that up i was like you up there hey, he said friends and family so maybe riddle orton was up there rvd there was a shaman you know. definitely a shaman up there yeah 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 no but that that's exciting because i mean well look i'm excited for any feature that he's announcing himself it's not coming from out of anybody else's two lips it's not coming from anybody else's dirt sheet uh mm-hmm. so that seems real hopeful and i i want that to be the case for him because i, I just think his whole run was a little snake bitten a little bit do way to put it Mm-hmm. Um, and not his fault. It's just it's one of those things where like, yo, he was on y'all's Sunday night heat forever, and y'all could have had him then, but y'all want him when he's over 40. 
With the frosted tips. Bruh. You know what I'm saying? Like, him and Chris Daniels was, like, putting in work. AJ Styles, too. You know what I mean? Back in the day. They don't know. Uh, But I I, I know you said that this could possibly be maybe, like, a another possibility for Kevin Owens yeah. for, for Mania. But for me, I'm like, dude, just stay away from WWE. Like, it's nothing mm-hmm. against them, but it's like, like, I like, put like this. They did a whole Chronicle episode of Keith Lee and then let him go. You know, stuff like, stuff like that, where it's like. So much I mean? investment. For yeah, no yeah, a lot, a lot. And then it's just like with him, like he definitely had a lot of investment. They had him looking strong against Brock. They did a lot of things with him that they could have really pushed forward if they would have had more uh, belief in him Mm -hmm. or more. I should say not belief, more investment in him. The right people who wanted to invest in him and not play with their own pet projects. I think he could have done way more because let's let's we can sit here and argue all day about what the worst pay-per-view is. But (laughs) Great Balls of Fire, the four way. Yeah, that was, the, that was the biggest over delivering ever. Like no one ever really thought that was even going to go down. Like no one was really trying to give it any type of hype or, or any type of credit. But I they, mean, the theme you know, like, was stupid. The theme yeah. around it, it seemed like I think at one point, wasn't there a promo where it seems like they're at a drive in theater and it's like, yeah, it seems like it's about fast and furious themes. Well, like it was, well, weird, the reason I, th- I said it was match. the reason I said it was fast and furious because you can look at the writing and tell it's literally the fast and furious oh, yeah. writing. Yeah, it's yeah. literally the same writing. Like, so I was just like, okay, it's just, are you mm-hmm. mad at the rock or something? Like, what's going on? Uh, oh, you're mad because Cena's gonna leave to the to the fast and furious universe. I don't, I don't know, man, but you know, in 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 uh. In relation to Samoans who could be teasing uh, future mm. up in the air, see how I did that. We yeah. did see one of our favorite resident Samoans, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who did a hell of an intro for the Super Bowl. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um. Somebody tweeted out, and you may recognize the name. I know he's been on um championship wrestling uh, from Hollywood, among other things. But J- uh, Jamie Iveen said, okay. uh, "So at the Rock, absolutely crushed this intro yesterday." But when he said millions and didn't pause for and millions by the fans, I shed a small tear. The Rock actually responded to him and said, brother, that was a little quote unquote Easter egg for you and the millions with the microphone. I guess meaning like that was meant for y'all to to yell at home at the crowd. But he says, I definitely thought it. Don't worry. Dot, dot, dot. The millions with a pause is coming soon with a wink. So. Mm. Well, it's funny you say that as well is because going back to Samoans and what kind of teasing they're doing, you know, we talked about Joe possibly being slated as an opponent for Owens. But obviously, if you guys have not been living under a rock, it's been said and reported that Stone Cold Steve Austin seems to be prepped for that. And it's all but basically, you know, just bottom line, it's going to happen. But the interesting thing is, if they do get stone cold, they don't want him for one match. I've they been want hearing him this. to do like an a, extended run, right? Yeah, like a Goldberg Edge type contract where he'll only do a handful of matches throughout the year. And it's also being saying that someone, Austin level, quote unquote, will be surprising everyone at WrestleMania. And it's hard not to think, well, who's a hard pivot? Well, not hard pivot, but who's like a on Austin's level, and the only, the, so the only person, the only person who is on his level has always been The Rock. In terms of 
contemporary, like rock level or stone cold level, I would think that the rock would literally be the only person. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that you could say that he, you know, was, there was a lot of more big names. And we talk about this all the time about how a normal Monday night raw would feel like, like reading those matches off now on free TV, you're like, no, nah, that's a pay-per-view match, baby. We, we mm-hmm. got that. We, we was, we was spoiled. But then now mm-hmm. you realize like, honestly, like I said, the last time we had any type of inkling of something close to that, you remember when The Rock was on SmackDown and then they had him doing this whole segment with Triple H in a suit? And then they oh, yeah. te- tease like a WrestleMania. And I'm like, yo, let's get it done. Sign it and mm-hmm. book it. You swear, like, yeah. we ain't going to, like, y'all can sell it out just on YouTube coming back to, to, to do a match together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when, when you think of Stone Cold, man, I mean, to be honest, the, the dance partner to me that's always been synonymous with him has been Rock. So that'd be honestly a really, a really dope treat. That would be I nice. agree. I mean, Triple H is a close second, but we already we we already know Triple H is not in any condition to come back in any way. So, and, and, and honestly, I don't consider him Austin level. No, no, and I think it's what it is. Is, is again, it's not like he would be if there was a a, a, a Mount Rushmore of that era. You know, mm-hmm. there's some interchangeable people that are some people that might have to share. Like, I'd put Kane and Taker probably to share a spot, but I'd probably w- would prefer to give Taker the full spot on his own. You know what I mean? But Yeah, see, I feel the same about Sean versus DX. Yeah, and and because and, and, you, you got to think about guys like Mick Foley who helped win the war, too, and other things like that. But that's, that's a whole other thing. We can go down yeah. that rabbit hole another day. But um, is it time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was only I was actually going to intro it a little bit because I thought something that was funny was and you, and you know, I know you love this. The Festival of Friendship had a five year anniversary the other day and Kevin Owens made it a point. To I change- did see that. I did yeah. see because he um he he yeah, he put he posted the picture of when Jericho because Jer- no, OK, I saw Jericho posted. I OK, I, I was on the other side. I saw that Jericho posted. I'm like, OK, that was kind of. Yeah, Weird. see what happened was. But now it makes Kevin, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin changed the, it's the photo where he's about to open the box and Kevin's staring at him. And Kevin just put new profile pic. And then Jericho retweeted it, reposted it, and said, I haven't forgotten, Owens, dot, dot, dot. You never know when you'll see me again. So that had everyone buzzing. That's the thing. Like this, it's it's weird, and we're gonna get into it now because this is the biggest thing that's making wrestling yeah, feel like because, this. Because it's like, Jericho, I heard, is questionable if he's still on paper right now. Is what I heard. So that's the only reason I, I thought I heard, that was really. Interesting. I yeah, kept the, I kept hearing he had a, a. He was another person that got that one year extension too, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no, um, he did, but you know, you might. Yeah, maybe. That might have been recent. Maybe that's which that's, which kind of adds a feeling when you think about it. Because again, we're gonna get into it right now. But you're like Cody's like. Well, why would you resign him for a year and not resign me? <laughs> like, That's what's weird. Is I mean, I did some this digging. Whole, and it, this whole thing it is seems weird. like I was gonna say, yeah, it is. I mean, I, and from the digging I've done, you know, there's, there's plenty of media outlets from fucking PW Torch, PW Insider, ESPN, Ariel Hawani's even weighing in because you know he's got a yeah. pretty close relationship with Nick Khan, um, and everyone in between, Sports Illustrated. But I heard that. Cody, you know, a lot of those first year guys, the Bucks, Omega, Jericho, like you said, had three year contracts with a one year option extension. Yeah. It's being said that Cody might have actually had a two year option, but it is curious that out of all those people, Cody was the only talent that Tony chose not to exercise that option. on. You know, Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cody became a free agent. Uh, I believe it was the first of the year. Um, everyone basically expected him to come back because he was still on TV. He was recently TNT champion. I heard Brandy just inked the new deal or partnership with the American Heart Association. So a lot of their philanthropy and all that stuff was still continuing. Um, but yeah, I mean, with all those media outlets, it seems like the main reason behind all this is money. Um, and something well, else that I came see, I, 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 it's funny because a lot of people are saying while money played a part, they're saying that the loss of booking power played a huge part in his departure. That's, I'm like, I just found that out today as well. Um, well, I, I don't know if that's just a fine because I, you know, again, we've said it on the show before where Tony had regressed the responsibilities of those said titles, which when you when he says it like that, it's almost like he just gave them these fake titles just so that they can have these titles. And, and, and not mm-hmm. titles and championships, but titles is in job, job titles, right? Occupations and stuff, the yeah. EVP and all that. But I remember a couple months ago, we had said that, yeah, he's kind of, you know, pulling the reins back on that booking power. So I, that's why I didn't look at it as such a huge surprise to hear about it. But I mean, I guess I'm more surprised that that would be a factor in Cody wanting to leave when, I mean, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Cody Rhodes is not a booker by design. He's not. No. No, he's not. And I thought what was interesting with that is uh, Justin Barrasso, uh, he of Sports Illustrated had reported that, uh, like you said, maybe it is because of the booking thing. He had said, quote, the chance to pay homage to his father as a booker while also further cementing his own legacy, losing that opportunity hurt Rhodes more than any loss he suffered in the ring. I don't really? know how no, really? I don't know how he knows it, it, that. It, it wasn't you losing your dad's IP the WWE. That's that's well, not the biggest loss, which again I, I mean, mean in the ring. In the ring. You know what I mean? That's so and weird. I don't I, I don't know. It's tough because I know me, you kind of I don't want to say we're on opposite sides, but we kind of see both sides. Um, I agree, you know, but WWE was never gonna play ball with another company that could threaten them by any any chance. But that's why it's kind of curious to see if he is gonna go to the WWE with that being one of the leading reasons, you know, maybe I he's going to go there and try to, yeah. Like, like, like I told uh shout out to uh, another Justin, um, shout out to uh Justin from a uh, pro wrestling spotlight. And, and I, I just basically told him, I'm like, man, there's, there's a lot of noise going on right now, but until I see Cody's face on WWE TV, like I'm not going to believe that he's going to WWE. Does it seem like the most log- logical choice? Yeah. Because that's the only other place that has money that he's looking for. Right. So I get it. Yeah. But, I think that's the reason why it comes off. And, you know, I, I think I used the, the term with you yesterday on the phone when we were talking about it. I'm like, it comes off a little turncoat-ish, but not in the fact that I'm, I'm thinking that he's like a total uh, traitor. But it's like, it's like Bill Gates talking about freaking Apple for years, then he goes and joins Apple or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's just super, it was, it's just so, like, if anything, it's turned wrestling into the twilight zone right now because we've seen the numerous shots mostly taken by Cody, you know, what I mean? yeah. at their expense. But then I think I told you, I'm like, or maybe Vince was like, oh, no, he's just, he's all that's, all he's, all that's directed at, at Hunter. And I like the moxie because he's like not his favorite son-in-law right now. Or, you know what I mean? Who knows? Like, but I did yeah. hear one and, of the and things. And Shane's not his favorite person either. Not at all. Right now, right now. Right. Yeah. But oh, I man. did hear that Nick Khan is one of the ones that's the biggest proponent of trying to bring him in. Well, you know, because they think it's a coup, apparently, well, but you the, know, like, and, and the way that they say it, they're like, yeah, we think we'll get some, some it's, it's almost like they don't, you don't realize that they already had them before. 
Because what he said was, yeah, he, like he sees the- a lot of cross promote, like getting cross audience from him because they saw him on AEW and they saw him on Roads to the Top and shows like Go Home. I'm like, no one from watching those other shows are going to go watch him because, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, by the way, it, it is uh, assumed that despite being greenlit for a second uh, season, it's not going to happen. So it, it could happen without him. Oh, are you talking about? Are you talking, are you talking about the, uh, the yeah, reality show? The reality show. Okay. Because I was yeah, gonna say, show, yeah, 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 the Go Big like, Show could still happen without him. Like, oh uh, yeah, definitely. But Ariel Hilwani, like I said, he has a relationship with Nick. He had tweeted out, uh, "Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW." Sources say, and I'm told Rhodes and WWE are in fact talking about him returning to the organization in the near future. I'm told. Um, should be noted, though, PW Insider said that he had been ta- in talks with WWE since late last year. ESPN speculates that WWE actually knew about the announcement before AEW did, though they can't circumstate that. Um, and then at the end, Keller actually reports that um, there's, you know, supposedly these homecoming plans are already in place and he's set for a major match at Mania as he can debut at any time on TV in the next week. Uh, but Brandy Rhodes is not expected to join her husband. In I, did, I did hear about that, that she was not um, offered a spot. Yeah. But Which, supposedly Vince what? says, you know, he views this as a big deal. And if it's true, he's going to get a big push. Supposedly. It's just, you know? again, it's just this weird. It's just weird because Vince is a guy that takes things personally. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just. History you know, shows uh, that. Well, even even if it's just a, a, a settle, you know, like a score of war, you know what I mean? It's just literally like collateral damage of, of you know, the wars and stuff like that. But he's yeah. still, you know what I mean? Like it, it like like bringing in Dusty just to put him in polka dots and dumb shit like that. Yeah. It's like and, and yeah. you know, even though that is a little bit, you know, relative to, to, to Cody, it's just one of the quickest examples I had. But it's like it's just weird. It's just so weird. Like, it's like, well, they got Adam Cole and we got Cody Rhodes. So everything is 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 you know what i mean equal here in the land of mcmahon like it's so weird like because the, to hear him say he's treating him like a big deal but you didn't want to treat him like a big deal when you had him yeah and that's the thing we argue on to argue but we were discussing is that it's not like he was a, a scrub in his first tenure i mean he he won multiple titles but in the end yeah it just seemed like he started pigeonholing him a lot like he did his dad back in the day yeah you know yeah. and um it's just i will weird. say this um just to inform fans so Wade Keller, PW Torch, he implied heavily that nine months ago before, you know, because we all know Cody's character kind of took a hit after the Agogo thing. Um, you know, it was never reported that that wasn't his decision to not put Agogo over. Tony was the one that made that decision um, as Agogo actually had to uh, undergo another eye surgery, which we covered that he has a history of those, you know, but that was kind of the beginning of the snowball to people rejecting him a little bit, but He's saying nine months ago before that, he knows that basically Khan tried to either sign Rhodes for the amount he was asking or try to reach a reasonable compromise. But then, of course, we start hearing the things that, you know, because he reported, I guess, Khan once told him that, quote, Cody still drives numbers, so I'm okay. I don't know what context that was in. But Keller took that to mean... Yeah, he's a headache and every segment is a car wreck, but he's still drawing numbers. So I guess I'm okay with it for now, which is kind of a weird thing to dot to connect because that's not a direct quote. That's yeah. just how he translated I, I, I was going to say like that. And that's where it gets dangerous because that's the thing we were talking about. There's a lot of overlap of what's true and what's not hearsay and, and, and you know, 
innuendo and all this other crap. So it's hard to narrow, uh, to navigate, you know, what's true from what's just hearsay and what's being told. Cause I think I told you too, that a lot of people are thinking because, you know, a lot of people are on the fence about a lot of the information coming out. They're wondering if some of the information is being fed to certain dirt sheets directly from, I don't know, I want to say Tony Khan or maybe AEW, um, which again, stranger things have happened. We, we know that's kind of WWE's calling card usually. Um, mm-hmm. But when you think about it, Cody's not under any contract. He's not under any NDA agreement. He's not under any, anything. You know what I mean? Um, the, uh, with the arbitration, none of that, right? Because he's technically not on paper. So mm-hmm. he's more of a liability to Khan right now than he would be an asset yeah. in terms of him, you know, with this talk of him being with WWE. And which I think, you know, I think that's the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was like, dude, you were preaching about this revolution and inclusion and having something different and having this alternative. Yeah, I was talking o- about- o- Only to go back to the same shit. But I, I don't know. I just don't. I have. I feel like. Grant, I, granted, so, there's less. There's le- it's less bloated over there, so he has more of an opportunity to kind of yeah, rise to the top. But I still you know, it's hard for me to believe that's where he's going. That's why. Yeah, me too. But what is crazy is he. You know, there was a quote he had on. I believe it was the Sammy blog or vlog, I should say, and he said, "Quote: I am thankful to the fans that cheer me. I'm thankful to the fans that boo me." Because both sets of fans are getting ready to go on a ride that is just bizarre and not, it's not the path that you think. We're not doing what's been done before. That's what he said. So that's what I, I do. I do remember him saying that, but I didn't think that was in, you know, like now, now out of context, it's like, okay, I could see where he's alluding to certain things, but at the same time, it's like it could easily just be perceived as something like maybe uh, whatever new directions he'd be going in creatively for AEW coming up, right? Like, yeah. So I don't know. It's I mean, I mean the the other stuff I got is you know and basically he they, they couldn't but, reach the they couldn't reach the money situation because you got Cody who thinks he's worth a certain amount, Tony who thinks he's not worth as much as he thinks he is, but it, and and I understand why is because again that whole headache he's a car wreck yada 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 not again not a direct quote but that feeling of, oh, he's just doing numbers, so I'm okay with it. But, you know, him also, like you said, growing tired and weary of the 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 attitude of, of or the stubborn attitude of wanting to make things work, even though it's his company and he kind of got to do what he wants you to do. Like, it seems like he more or less, like, just allowed Cody to kind of take his own stock down a little bit in his eyes. Yeah, and it may not be that that his reality is not everyone's reality. Like his, the way he sees Cody is not everyone the way everyone else would see him on the roster. But yeah. when you bring in million dollar contracts for people to show up, like CM Punk and mm-hmm. Daniel Bryanson, or yep. I'm sorry, Bryanson, Brian Danielson, um, it does put a dent in the in the salary cap, especially when you got to make the other people that you paid big money to in the beginning happy that haven't yep. you know overlapped their. Contracts such as Moxley, Omega, the Bucks, Jericho. Yeah. And so the, the, I get it. And then Keith Lee. And because that's what they're saying is that, you know, or Keller saying that Adam Adam of, Cole. Adam Cole just came in too. Yeah. You know? So yeah. It changed the dynamic, which forced kind of made Cody lose his leverage. And they yeah. said that yep. he and Tony know he kind of became expendable. The other thing he said too, which I thought was I was telling you about, is he says 
uh, he had an understanding that Cody wanted to be to a degree that just wasn't seen by Tony as he was what he was worth to him in the current landscape, which is kind of what you were saying. But I thought it was interesting. He said that Cody seemed like he wanted to be more involved with being seen as sort of an equal to Tony. Uh, and it became clear over time that this was Tony's company, not anyone else's, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, they hit a snag two weeks ago and, uh, uh, you know, while trying to do the contracts, the lawyers got together to quote, figure out a way to remove Cody from his role in the company per F4W online. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, and just like you said, these big contracts, they're expecting Jeff Hardy, supposedly another big arrival is also expected, but AW, they're going to be more conservative with their budget until they get it increased. Which, let's be real, that's what they need to be doing. Because, yeah. because again, the, the, the roster is bloated, and I'm sitting up here. With as much people they have on the roster, I shouldn't be asking, hey, where's this guy at? Yeah. Because you have too many people. Like, you, you can – I shouldn't not know where a guy's at because you have him on deck. It's just – I mean, granted, he was injured, but still, I don't know, man. It's just weird. But in the yeah. terms of, of what you were saying about, you know, this being Tony's company or him trying to – you know, kind of put that set in stone in terms of uh, business relationships going forward, whether that, you know, is relegated to just Cody or whoever else would be in the EVP category. Um, a quote from uh, Andrew Zarian of the Madman podcast said that somebody sent me a link to a Forbes article and said, quote, this really upset certain people, especially Cody. Yeah. And he says, I don't know if this is 100% true, but this kind of plays into everything. He says, it was the Forbes video, the profile they did on Tony, and Tony starts it off by pretty much listing, quote, I'm the GM, I'm the booker, I'm this, I'm that. Essentially, he's a one-man show. So, yeah, I get to, yeah. And, you know, it shouts to Andrew Zarian because um, he, you know, with the WWE thing, again, nothing's been substantiated yet, you know, but he says supposedly backstage personnel are, quote, waving their WWE flag in victory with this. And he even said, I've never seen a celebration of sorts with someone that hasn't signed yet. So I thought that was a little weird because Andrew Zarian has been pretty on point with his uh, reporting for a little bit now or a while now, I should say. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say I, I heard that there were some people in the WWE locker room that actually weren't happy mm -hmm. that he was coming in, which is yeah. kind of surprising to me. But that could just stem from brand loyalty. You know what I mean? Just that whole mentality and shit. I mean, like, let's, let's be real. AEW is not the reason why anyone lost their job in the last three years in WWE. No. You know what I mean? There's been a few people whose contracts have expired or I there, think. There, there have been times people, have, in fact, have asked for releases and not been granted specifically to not go over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's 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 a weird situation. Um, yeah, yeah. The only other thing is I guess people were saying that his backstage – uh what's the word um morale his morale yeah. he kind of backed away from being so open with everybody is what's being said i don't know if that was just from you know i don't want to say hurt feelings but him just kind of not allowing himself to be as open as he was uh thinking that this would lead to a certain you know moves being made uh strategically business-wise or whatever across the board but you know, a lot of people were saying that when he went and got the bus, that it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way, where it made it seem like he was shutting himself off from the rest of the people. He didn't want to deal with anybody else. He just was there just, to, you know, drive to the next show and just, you know, do what he got to do. And then he's back on the bus dealing with his wife, you know, his his, uh, his daughter and all that stuff, which two sides to a coin. I, I can understand 100% why that comes off a certain way 
Yeah. Because, because not, it's not like they're handing out buses to everybody on the roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. People felt the same way when it was punk. I mean, I'm sure people felt the same way when it was big show, but they wouldn't say it, it was face. No. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's like, I get it, but I guess that plus the, the reality show stuff, a lot of people were starting to think that he was putting himself, you know, I mean, his, his face out there more than it was for more than like, they thought it like anything they, that they thought that was supposed to be perceived as him putting his face out there at the expense of exposure for the company. They thought it just was out there for his own expense and exposure of, of himself and his family. See, I felt so. that it got that way when roads to the top came out and when the big sh- go big show started, like, I think I complained a couple of weeks ago that we start off with this great match with Cody. And then right in the middle, the first break, it's a go big show. ad. And I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to think about that when I'm watching Cody, you know, and I'm a Cody fan, but, um, you know, with the backstage stuff, I remember that even led to the reports. I think last summer they were saying that the EVPs weren't really talking, but uh, it's been said that they were working on projects together for the future as soon as recent as last week. Yeah, so, lot, they were saying that the the EVPs just came as a surprise because I guess a lot of the tension had died down in recent mm-hmm. weeks. You know, so, yeah. I mean, again, this and, is all hearsay. And, it's all hearsay. So you know. yeah, as you know, it said that Cody was pretty universally liked backstage, but then. You know, there are some yeah. things that were said about Brandy, you know, that yeah, they you know, said... she's accused of favoritism. She's, you know, everyone else she wants to wrestle. Even when she had her baby, she was very adamant about I want to return to the ring, you know. Yeah, I mean, the I, quote, the quote I know. see is like she was not seen as an asset on camera in the ring or behind the scenes. People in the back like Cody, you pretty universal, like you're saying, but because they had supposedly these feelings towards Brandy that started becoming his baggage, having to walk in to mm. this locker room now, like get your wife, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, I don't know, but, but you know what, there's been some people that have come out to debunk that, but mm-hmm. again, interesting names that, that are listed. Cause these are people that otherwise you would say were kind of associated with Brandy Rhodes either, you know, I got a couple off. other names that also added to that, but let me, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I got a uh, sunny kiss uh, who says, aside from giving me a breakout moment in AEW, Cody has been my confidant. Uh, I was able to go to him for literally anything. Brandy was a huge believer in me and definitely played a huge part in me signing with AEW. She's literally my Shiro pure facts. Vicky Guerrero says, this is mm. disappointing. A story breaks and the media knows all the facts. I can vouch for the Brandy at the Brandy Rhodes. She is professional and my friend for over 10 years. She carries herself with integrity on and off the camera. And then you got mm. Leva Bates. I find this and a lot of quote-unquote news incredibly disappointing. This is a huge happening on all sides and the internet trolling, adding more stress to the situation. I personally worked side-by-side with Brandy since the beginning. She's a strong and work-focused woman, but also kind and very funny. Mm. And and then uh, the last one was uh, Nyla Rose. Mm -hmm. She said, well, actually, it was both Nyla Rose and Red Velvet. She says... I think you have a lot to say about someone I'm sure you've never even got to know personally. The Brandy Rose is very professional and private. Uh, I think it's very disrespectful and rude how you guys can make comments and have people believe things that are not true. Back off and just be happy for people in their new endeavors. Good day. That was Red Velvet. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nyla says, this is just flat out some bullshit. (laughs) Brandy, Mm -hmm. Brandy was liked by many people backstage, including myself. Is she a polarizing character? For sure. But don't work yourself into a shoot. You want a hot scoop from the source? Well, here it is. Stop making shit up. Yeah, see, to add to those, I have two who I would think are unbiased additions to that stack. Aubrey Edwards, yeah, referee, said 
the quote, nobody has anything nice to say about Brandy line is such a crock of shit. I had multiple meetings with Brandy every week for various projects. She's professional, hardworking, and gets shit done. She's a friend of mine, and I'm gutted to see her go. And then Amanda Huber, or Hubber, you know, uh, the former Brody Lee's estranged widow, also seeing articles that say nobody has anything nice to say about Brandy's departure. That is such utter bullshit. Brandy was a consummate professional. She is incredibly strong and professional and caring. While I'm not in the locker room, I'm far from nobody. So, you know, the interesting thing about that, though, with, you know, I'm going to be sensitive here, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I want to be sensitive to Sonny. Almost every one of those people coming out saying something is a woman. You're not seeing anything from the men's locker room. Very true. You know but what I mean? How how often do they have to deal with her though? Too well. I mean, you know, if we're if we're made to believe everything that they shoot on a roast to the top is what really goes down, mm. you know, and they're not just placing people in certain situations to make it entertaining. I get which, you. Where's Ricky win. Starks? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say Ricky Starks would be one. Prince Advance should be one. But again, maybe Cody's like, no, they know you guys are my friend, so it's not gonna come off as genuine. You know what I mean? So I, I don't mm. who knows, man. I mean, he could not even be like sweating this. Uh, yeah, I'll put it like this. I, I don't, I don't envy Cody in the, the position of having to calm down a riled up girl from Detroit, uh, black yeah. girl from Detroit. Uh, let me yeah. add that. Um, but yeah, let me let me just ask you this, man, before we uh take a break and move on, yeah, because this is the one thing I, you know, as much as I, I feel how I feel about it, on the flip side, this could be good for AEW. Um, there's more room in the in the budget, I don't know what that means. Yeah, but maybe somebody they, they can really actually get behind somebody. But um, someone like an MGF doesn't have to be under his shadow. I'm not saying he was, but I would think other people like him on his level or people they invested in can have or even people who haven't been featured. You know what I mean? Because they got to get that uh, gratuitous, uh, you know, uh, Cody segment in or, 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 or match in or whatever the fuck. Uh, we got to make sure Cody wants a TNT title again for whatever reason. Some people could actually uh benefit from him not being there 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 I, I could say that yeah. there's more open an open playing field but i I, you know? I agree i just don't feel i'm not in the group of people that felt like cody was always on television because he wasn't i think it's a long cry from the inner circle we're beating you up in the skybox stuff like in the very first year there was a lot more cody than we got and of course it's because he took on more projects you know doing uh what is it being going back uh with uh steve amell and, and doing some of those spots on on that show um with the arrow i should say you know going and doing the the reality show doing go big show and whatever else he's doing um but i agree that i don't know if cody so much casted a shadow as i think maybe that could have been a money match because we talk about you know, last night we never got Hangman and Cody. We never, you know, because that's that's what I was going to pitch was. Can you imagine him not being on contract? He doesn't have to adhere to any stipulation. He's not under contract, so he doesn't. Oh, that's he can't, true. You that's know, great. so yeah. to me, it's almost like damn. Like if it wasn't Adam Cole that showed up last night, we'll get into Dynamite later. You know, that it makes me wonder if that could have been a, you know, a, a better misdirect because. You know, you got Zarian saying, I can confirm his camp is in talks. There's Melter is saying it. it he can legally show up at any time. And then you got, you know, Cody exchanges goodbye. 
statements with AEW on Twitter. That, that, that's what made it got, really weird and real for me because I was like, wait, why are they well, putting this out? Me, and then I was, was like, are weird. they are they leaving? And I was like, holy fuck, they're actually leaving. Like this. Yeah, I thought like, that this was is crazy. Yeah, because we've seen those kind of things go out from Tony before. But I'll tell you when it really got real for me was when um, uh, Dustin posted that photo of them post their match at Fight for the Fallen or, yeah, or said, whatever I, it was. Yeah, he, he said, I'll see you down like on the other side or on the other like side. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, whoa. You well, know, which so I think that's the other it. thing that's weird, too, is because his brother, he kind of got his brother there. And now he's just kind of there without him. Yeah. But and, like and, you said, too, he. I know Dustin likes it there. He's loving training people. But like you told me yesterday, Cody, from all reports yeah. I've read, is still planning to remain with the Nightmare Factory and continue that work. So it's I, I weird just don't to think. Yeah, I don't it, see that happening. Like, I mean, it's different. Like I told you, it's different when it's Sean Spears of AW and Tyler Breeze, a former WWE who was, you know, current. Yeah. Both doing their thing. But when it's someone high profile like Cody, you're hearing all these big plans we're gonna have a whole you know what i mean like is that a guy you really want in there with your uh your next up and comers like you know what i mean it, it seems like a con a, a conflict of interest a little bit but yeah especially if he's playing for the other team i get you that that i mean yeah but hey he's still he's still i don't know i mean i guess i look at name value versus what team because even aj you know he did that uh aj styles was talking about how i hate how the fans are trying to pit us against each other like we're, yeah. We know we're friends for years on both sides. So yeah, he's like, yeah, for each other. He's like, know? I got, I got friends that are over there. Like, I don't, yeah, I want exactly. them to keep, I want them to keep jobs. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess I just, I was one. I'm like, I mean, if anything, maybe the absence of Cody could have, you know, like I said, it could really pr project somebody either new or push someone to the next level. Let's just, you know. Hold mm -hmm. hands and uh, you know cross our our fingers and hope that it's not going to be Orange Cassidy being pushed to the moon. Um, <laughs> no, for reals, dude. Because no, but shit. I get you. I think a lot of the younger guys, the four pillars, can now. I mean, I, again, I don't think Cody really eclipsed their paths because I mean, he helped put MJ over MJF. He put over Darby. He put over the only person he didn't mix it up with was Jungle Boy. Really, if you think about it, and that kind of mm. probably could have been a good match too, you know. But we never got that. We, we didn't get we, we didn't get Moxley versus Cody. No, Christian versus Cody. Um, Brian Danielson versus Cody. Versus Cody. Who's that? Brian Danielson versus Cody. Yeah, that could have happened. Punk versus Cody. Right. Like, you know, and I I thought that was a real money match that could have happened because you could play off the weird. Are you going to join? Are you not? Why are you texting me? Offered like you know what I mean like you had to really bend the the fourth wall a bit. But yeah, it's just a shame you know because I feel like. He did do good work, man. He did make some stars there, but it'll, be, I, you know, we'll see what happens, man. It's weird. This whole thing is weird. Um, yeah. But again, until I see him on TV, I'm not going to really. Same. You know, same. And it's not like if I see him on TV, I'm like, oh, this mother. I'm not going to be like that guy that breaks every uh, DVD with the rock in it after he yeah, beats oh, no. him, huh? I will but, say this, though. Know, it, it, I am curious if, you know, because if Jericho's the laps fan, you know, uh, guy yeah we bringing, yeah we were talking you know? about this because in the beginning he came in like you said looked at us as a, one of the top four uh, guys you had Kenny yeah. omega you had jericho you had moxley you had him yeah and all of them brought something different yeah and yeah. but i almost wonder if cody's allure was the fact that oh this is dusty's kid so now you're bringing like actual older older fans but i don't know if that really plays into the overall demo you know what i mean so 
Yeah, we'll I mean, see, man. I think like that, you that said. would see. He, yeah, if, if, let's just hope Matt Cardona's right and he'll bring that that ideology you're talking about in, in, towards the NWA. But yeah, let's let's be real. If if money was one of the factors and he, and he felt like he wasn't getting paid what he felt like he uh, was worth, WWE is going to do it. You know what I mean? There's no other. Mm-hmm. There's no other juggernaut with the pocket. They've made so much money in the last year. There's no excuse. And and then the other thing was, I guess he, he, he has a big interest in crossing over to the entertainment stuff. Mm -hmm. And I supposedly he's a, you know, big friends with Miz, which I'm like, that's, I never knew that. Um, But I guess there, you know, he's like, which he's, you know, he's trying to do the same thing. I'm like, nah, the Miz is actually doing it. Cody's the one who's trying to do it. Yeah. I've seen Um, people already fantasy booking Miz and Mrs. versus um, Brandy uh, and Cody. It's like, we don't want to see Brandy. No, wrestle. we didn't. We didn't want it. We didn't want to see Maurice Russell. Uh, but hey, shout out to her. She did. She did hit the uh, the uh, with the the French DDT. <laughs> oh yeah, the French kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's just uh, to hear that. I'm like, well, dude, you knew you. You're the one who said you were only going to wrestle for like five more years and then kind of go into entertainment. I'm like, and the, you know, they're like, well, you know, WWE has more connections. I'm like, I, I guess, but that means they're going to take a bigger piece, right? Yeah. I don't know. Man. I would. I would. I don't know. We'll see. As long as we're not gonna get a, a chaperone two starring Cody Rhodes. God. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> let's just hope not. Because that, that's again when you when you look at when you look back at it, like Cody, he only really took shots at NXT, right? Didn't really. A little bit, a little bit. But I will say what's interesting is you know how WWE, you know, they're putting on their second WrestleMania Backlash event. And is that, is that real? People, They're doing it again? Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, oh, but look where it, where it's emanating from. Atlanta and it or says, what? No, Providence, Rhode Island. I'm just like. Calm down. Yeah, that's how I feel, you know? Calm down. It's like, I got a, I got a, I got a bridge in my backyard I could sell you as well. You know what I mean? So. Uh, that, <laughs> y'all, y'all doing too much, man. But you know what? Uh, let's take a quick break. Yes, sir. We're going to come back with the. Probably the quickest NXT review I've ever done. Um, and then we're going to get with Dynamite. Yes, uh, sir. We'll be, we'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, man? Quincy Jones go from the Quincy Jones Show. And y- y- y'all smell that? That new champ smell, you already know what it is. Brand new merch alert coming straight from the minds of Storyline Tees. You're going to want to pick this one up, man, because not only is it a new era in the merch game, but it's a brand new era in women's wrestling. Quincy Jones Show presents That Bitch Show. Special edition Jade, the storm is coming. Brand new tee. Pick it up while they hot. This is why we do this, man. Quincy Jones Go, Storyline Tease, you already know. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the planet. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third year? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. We're You're. back. We is. <laughs> I like how I went high, you went low. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you told me to get the baritone in, baby. Nah. Nah, I said I'm gonna throw you through a barricade. That's that's it's it's oh, oh, it, oh. what it is. It's the it's the connection. Nah, um, <laughs> we had we had NXT. Uh, I'm sorry, we had Vengeance Day. Uh, which again, like it's it's. I'll say this: the matches were okay. No, the matches were good. Mm-hmm. But they once again they just tried too 
too many segments and promos and vignettes to squeeze in between these matches when it's like, okay, this is why I'm always going to get a TV feel from NXT and this is never going to feel like an actual pay-per-view. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, every match was at least like 12, 15 minutes. Um, but let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the first match. It was Pete Dunne uh, versus Tony D'Angelo in a weaponized cage match. Uh, match starts off as Pete Dunne literally breaks a chair, slamming it against the back of Tony D. By the way, this is the most uh, notes I've taken on one match. So fair. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tony. And, and again, this is all like right at the beginning of the match. Tony D hits a Falcon arrow on a trash can. Um, Dunne. This stops- is outside the ring or no, inside this is inside. The- the- this is inside the ring. Okay. Okay. Uh, he goes to uh, open up the toolbox and he has his hands right across, like, you know, like he's going to grab something and done, cl- you know, slams the, the, the toy, uh, the, the toy box, the toolbox shut Damn. and stomps on his fingers while they're stuck in him. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and then, and then opens it back up, uses a wrench to bend back one of Tony's fingers. And it, again, this is like within the five first five minutes of the match. Jesus. <laughs> Um, all gas baby bro Damn. like you talk you about to get into it right now this is about to be uh uh what was it that that ether scene from bad boys one mm-hmm. <laughs> bro like tony d hits <laughs> he hits a huge superplex off the top like while dunn was draped over the other side of the cage because what Shit. happened was dunn tried to climb up he chased after him and then he actually you see him he's trying to throw dunn over the cage like he's trying to dump him over because the, the, the rules of the match was only uh, give up or pin. So it didn't matter if you if you went over the, the cage. So when oh. he was just trying to, like, dump him, like, where he fell, like, from, what, 15 feet? You know what I mean? And yeah. when, he, when he realized he wasn't going to go anywhere, he, like, spun his body where his legs were draped over the, the, the cage wall and then just suplexed him off the top. It was crazy. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Um, again, mind you, <laughs> see, I wrote this. Mind you, this is only five minutes in. <laughs> At That's one, just weird that Pete would even climb, though, if you can't win that way. But I get you. I think he was. No, I think he was climbing for a diving attack. Oh, okay. what it was. Yeah. All right, uh, Tony zip tie. At one point, he zip ties Dunn's hands behind his back. And this was kind of cool. I heard about this. This was kind of cool. Uh, but he, he uses a hammer, like the teeth end of a hammer, to try and pry a tooth out of Dunn's mouth while he can't. You know, he has his hands tied, so he can't do nothing about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, y'all, y'all doing some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dunn hits a running triangle choke though, like no hands, bro. Hands stuck behind his back, just runs, like what? just catches him like he's gonna do a, a, a hurricane runner, and just wow. like drops to his back and just squeezes shit out of him with the triangle choke. And then that's crazy. Of, co- of course, Tony D uses the fact that his uh his hands are still tied behind his back. Um, you know he he, he gets out of it, but he tries to he set up a table in the, in the corner and tries to power bomb Dunn through it. Again, Dunn can't like punch him. His hands are tied mm-hmm. behind his back, right? So what he ended up doing, this was sick as fuck, dude. He ended up maneuvering and slipping Tony's head through that space between where his hand is up against his back being tied up. Oh, and, shit. and got him in a hand-tied or zip-tied version of a standing guillotine. When, when you think about it, you can't break the grip. Yeah, it's no. locked in. And yeah. it was, I was like, yo, that was innovative. It's fucked, dude. Yeah. Um, fuck. Tony actually reaches for a bow cutters from the from the uh, toolbox. toolbox. Simps, yeah, simps off the zip ties to escape. Dunn hits a power bomb. He actually gets Tony through the table with the power bomb in the corner for a near fall. Uh, Dunn breaks the cricket bat across Tony's back and hits the bitter end for what should have been the finish, but only another near fall. Uh, Tony lands a low blow and hits his finish for a two count as well. 
But the finish comes when Dunn grabs a crowbar he had hidden in the ring and hits Tony with it across the back of his head and lands another bitter, uh, bitter end for the win. What's the difference between the crowbar and the cricket bat? You would think you'd have more, more weight with the cricket bat. But all right, Dude, the way he broke it across his back too, it was loud. Oh, it's the back versus the back of the head. I, okay, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, when you think about it, though, like, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> like he kind of like he, he, he broke the chair on his back in the beginning of the match. So like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and when I say he broke the chair, I mean, the seat came off. That's how it broke. I see what you're saying. Like where it would have been believable, but they had to go to this last spot. I, I got you. Yeah. Uh, NXT uh, women's tag team championships, toxic attraction versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Let's run through this. Shall we? Uh, J.C. Jane takes out Persia by throwing her into the steel steps. Hartwell tries for the springboard elbow drop, but J.C. interferes and trips her up in the ropes as uh, Gigi and J.C. hit their version of the high-low with Gigi hitting the low kick from behind and J.C. hitting the cyclone boot. And, yeah, they won. Oh, okay. Wow. Told you. That's the longest notes. I told you, bro. (laughs) Retained it. So they retained. Yeah, Yeah, they retained. Um, And then uh, L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller uh, confrontation. Um. I'll run through this as well, man. Let's go. Sanga is shown uh, with Grayson Waller outside the building and tells Sanga to stay back and get footage of L.A. Knight uh, being walked out in cuffs for TikTok because it's going to go viral. Um, you know, as uh, Grayson is walking in with uh, two uh, police officers, obviously to try to get um, L.A. Knight in custody. But obviously, when you, when you look at it, it's setting up the fact that Sanga won't be in the ring for the segment to protect Grayson if need be, obviously. You know what I mean? It's just he's telling okay. him to stay back. Uh, Grayson walks out with the cops, with the fuzz, with the ops, uh, with the Jake, <laughs> and uh, shows them footage of LA Knight attacking him after his match with AJ Styles. Um, and again, from last week after his match against Senga. Uh, but Knight counters with footage of his own, uh, where Grayson attacked Knight in his match two weeks ago, uh, basically breaking what they called page two of the restraining order that says that uh, Knight can't touch Grayson, but Grayson can't touch Knight either, which it was weird because he was like, well, no, this is not like Australia. In Australia, they just can't touch me. I could touch them. And I'm like, that was not important to add to that at all. It, it, no I one's guess trying to add his, you know, his buffoonery of not picking buffoonery or something. Yeah. What? What do you mean he has uh, equal access to the Tron and footage like I do? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird. Uh, basically making the order null and void as the cops leave the ring and Grayson gets legally attacked by Knight, who runs him out of the ring, running to Sanga and challenges him to a match next week as the match is made official later in the night. Um, again, there was a lot of uh, segments and pre-tapes and all this stuff they were trying to fit in. The only one I actually added to my notes because it was worth it, it was a, qu- a cool little quotable from Tommaso Ciampa. You know, he's in his chair doing the pre-tape. Uh, he says, guys like Dolph Ziggler think that they're better than him because they think that he built his way to the top in what they perceive as a minor league feeder mm. system um, and says that p- people who think so are mistaking his loyalty for fear, which to me that computed as like, don't mistake me being loyal to NXT as my fear for being on the main roster kind of mm. thing. So uh, says that he'll, he'll uh, have his eyes set on the main event in terms of the future of the NXT title. Uh, as it's announced uh, later uh, that it will be Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler uh, one-on-one next week, which at this point I'm thinking that Ziggler is being used to help bring uh, Ciampa in on the main roster. Uh, yeah, because I heard that 
he was on main had a match on on Raw and Champa was there on commentary. Yeah, he was. And then, but mm-hmm. the other thing is, I heard that they've been featuring Champa on like uh, what's that other one? Um, what was it main event? If they oh know. okay, but they they noticed that he dyed his his beard. If you notice, it's not gray anymore. There's no mm. he, he made sure there's no grays in his beard. So I was like, oh, that, that sounds like a main roster order. You know what I mean? Like. Hey, we'll mm. put you on TV, but we don't want you looking, think people thinking you're old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, from here, we got mm. the uh, NXT North American Championship match. Carmelo Hayes versus uh, Cam Ringgraps. Did he um, miss? Who, who, who did who miss? Did Hayes miss this time? Nah. Nah. It is, it is what it is because that's all it's going to be. <laughs> they did her boy dirty. All right, go ahead. No, nah, actually, he, uh, he beat him somewhat clean. I, I, okay. I'll get into it. Uh, Melo comes out with a shirt that has a picture of him. If, I don't know if you remember, I was telling you he had this promo after he beat Roddy Strong for the, the you know, to unify the titles. He had this whole thing where he was like pouring out a 40 ounce. Um, he took a picture from that promo of him pouring out the 40 ounce. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, photoshopped or I guess superimposed is depending how you like to hear it. A picture of Cameron Grimes, like smiling with his mouth wide open. Like he was like trying to drink the drops of the beer. <laughs> like it was just, a. I was like, okay, I guess that's there- what it is. Yeah, it was just, I was like, Dirty. yeah, um, match starts with uh, Cameron Grimes hitting his to the moon pose, but Carmelo points a finger gun at the quote moon, shoots it out of the sky, watches it fall to the mat before proceeding to stomp it and kick it out of the ring. <laughs> so it was just a funny way. I was like, oh, he just fuck your, okay. he said, fuck, fuck your moon. Cause. Some theatrics to kick it off. I like it. Give a fuck about your fort, nigga. <laughs> uh, this was a very competitive match. A very competitive match. Both playing the temple perfect with the lockups, rest holes, and a little bit of mat wrestling to start. Uh, then peeling back more and more small glimpses of their individual athletic abilities and eventually building up into showcasing their offensive uh, arsenals, if you will. Uh, Grimes with that tilt-a-whirl, what I call that sit-out side slam. It's kind of like a tilt-a-whirl gunslinger he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he hit the running moonsault slam, of course. Uh, Hayes with the, you know, the patented springboard clothesline and the code breaker. Uh, of course, Trick Williams is paying some dividends by design at certain times. But uh, the finish comes when Melo hits the diving leg drop off the top to win. Um, the reason why I say it's somewhat clean is because at one point, Grimes tries to go for the cave-in off the apron. But Trick pushes uh, Melo out the way and he takes it. And then mm. while, uh, while Grimes is like kind of distracted... Uh, Carmelo pushes him from the back where he goes like head first into the barricade, but he oh. doesn't pin him ma- immediately after that. Like they still fight a little bit, but he ends up hitting him with, you know, dropping the leg drop across the back. And uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, later we see Trick and Melo uh, walking around the back talking about the match as Pete Dunn runs into him, who congratulates him on still being North American champion for now as he mm. walks off the camera. Mm. So, okay. I mean, when you think about it, like, Outside of the NXT tag belts, he's never won an NXT title outside of NXT UK. Yeah, and I'm kind of concerned that he's out of the world title picture now. Because I remember he it's was just weird in a while. Like they, yeah. they they were trying like hell to resign him, and for what? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Mm. Um. So let's get to the the other big match that we had on there: Dusty Rhodes Cup Classic Finals. Uh, it'll be uh, the Creed Brothers versus MSK for the finals. Uh, one of the quotes that I like. I, I liked it, but it, it, the more I said it out loud, I'm like, all right, that was kind of corny. Because <laughs> they, they had a promo where it was like, two brothers shine like diamonds to solidify their creed. I'm like, that sounds like a movie. <laughs> ah, <laughs> like, yeah. Julius, Brutus, the brother's creed. 
coming out on Netflix. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But you know what? This was another great competitive match as the crowd was also into this one very much. So obviously MSK is quick game and high flying offense against the creeds, more disciplined, a mad game and aggressive physicality on paper. Sounds like a banger. And this, this one definitely was. Uh, we got Wesley stunned on the brothers creed early by hitting a running barrel roll style tope con Hilo on the outside and landing on his feet, just flexing on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius at one point, uh, though, does a running shove to Wes, who's on the apron, and he goes crashing to the side of the announce table pretty hard. Uh, Nash Carter ha- hot tags himself in, though, and it's honestly on fire. Like, honestly, the most impressive I've ever seen him cardio-wise and selling-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, he, but he hits that assisted, uh, you know, moonsault where, you know, Wes pushes him on the – Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but except he does it while he's on the apron on a Brutus Creed on the outside. I've seen them do that before. It was risky and it looked bad. No, but they, they hit a flush. It was pretty dope. Uh, okay. the, the finish comes, though, when Carter tries for a suicide dive, but Julius Creed catches him and hits what I'm calling the, a cartwheel style uh, wrestling takedown. Because I noticed that's what he does when he does it. I yeah. thought it was just a takedown, but he does like a full cartwheel into it, too. Yeah, straight up. I remember um, the first- they had he did that i was like what the fuck was that right it's very Uh, looking but it's effective yeah it looked like he could have almost ddt'd himself because he did it on the outside but he did it the first time (laughs) (laughs) he he lands it and then throws him uh uh, nash back in the ring hits the running low lariat for the big win and the dusty cup yeah they deserve i didn't think they were going to give the msk twice in a row but it was cool to have them in a finals defender you know it was was interesting uh, that um Last week in the semis to make it to the finals, the creeds were getting cheered like a motherfucker, though. Yeah. You know, so um this is only worth noting because of what came out of it. Uh one last Nikita Lions vignette shown doing a, a dance routine with a few backup dancers and says that she knows she's working what she knows what she's working with and knows she's a lot of women, uh, as she is uh, I guess in the sense of BBW. Um, but warns mm-hmm. again about getting the lion's roar, but basically says she's gonna be making her debut next week. So that that was you know, the long and thick of it right there. You think Amari uh, partner? For Amari, you said? Yeah. I don't know. Because I know you said she was... Uh, yeah, they at- had this... That she was, Like, uh, Wendy Chu was asking her, and she's like, oh my gosh, if you would ask me last week, I would have said, yeah, but somebody already beat me. You know, it wasn't like she was like, nah, I already got a partner. Like, so it was like, I don't know. Interesting, hmm. though. Yeah, definitely. That would be interesting. I mean, her versus Raquel, just based on height, would be pretty cool. But okay. anyways, we had uh, the uh, NFC Tag Champions in the ring hitting a promo. Obviously, they're there. Uh, Imperium congratulating and also sending a message simultaneously to the Creeds who just won the Dusty Cup and the opportunity to challenge them for the titles. Walter tries to declare his sights on the NXT World Championship before Solo Sequoia comes out to interrupt and really? challenges fucking Walter. Yes. Says wow. on the island to climb the ladder, you got to find the biggest and baddest and smack the taste out their mouth and says, that's what I'm fitting to do. Says he doesn't care about how he says his name. Doesn't give a damn about their mat being sacred as he's going to wipe the mat with the ring general and make him his bitch. Mm. Now, Gunther. <laughs> you know, he got mad because they, 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 they announced him as Gunther and then he's like, hey, it's pronounced Gunther. I'm like, oh my. God, no one, no oh, one man. like you don't come off as a badass at all. Oh man, Gunta. But uh last but not least, NXT championship match. Yes, sir. Ron Breaker defending against Santos Escobar. Escobar enters with a rendition of Eddie Guerrero's gear commemorating 18 years to the day when he won the WWE championship. 
Oh, wow. Uh, so that, that made obvious. I mean, he's always doing a little bit. You know, he had like the uh, the Rey Mysterio. Tradition. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he usually tries to pay homage, right? So I was like, okay. But then the fact that there was like some history attached to it, I'm like, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Breaker, obviously, he's the one getting invested in. He has the movie quality produced entrance with him. Like, he's standing in front of this huge Vengeance Day sign. And he, he, he seen with a stick of dynamite, which I was like, why would you do that? Seeing as they were just in the war. But uh, he pretty much has a stick of dynamite. He, he strikes it against the, 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 the NXT title to set the Vengeance Day logo on fire as, yeah. The, and then he just actually comes out. It was like this video of him coming out and then it, with nobody in the arena and then him actually coming out. It was so weird. Like like movie quality? Basically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It was like this yeah. movie quality produced entrance. I don't know, dude. Mm. Um, but he actually comes out with a little bit of the RVD tiger stripe airbrush. Uh, I mean, at least that's what I got from him. I mean, like, mm. I, I wouldn't have worn it. Anyways, <laughs> we got Breaker using his explosive power and strength as per usual. Most of the match before Escobar was able to hit the suicide dive headbutt and uh, begins expertly dissecting Breaker, basically breaking him down limb by limb, man, before working over the neck and the back as he hits the running, uh, jumping double knees in the corner. Uh, Breaker makes a comeback mm. before at one point Electra Lopez causes a distraction as Dolph Ziggler interferes from behind the ref's back and hits Breaker with a super kick for a huge near fall. And let me tell you, the crowd wanted this. They wanted Santos to win, and they were really mad that that uh, Breaker kicked out. It was pretty Ooh. crazy because mm. people really wanted Esco, but they they've been seeing him work, man. And they were they were mm-hmm. putting his, they were putting his grind in on commentary, but it was like I think we know what's gonna happen, but. Y'all could kind of do something more for him. Yeah, you, you know? honestly, when you look at character development, he's one of those guys. Cameron Grimes is one of those guys. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I get it. And his promos are good. You know, he's he's he's. I I I wouldn't be mad if he won, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So so Ziggler, he, like I said, he hits the super kick, huge near fall before Ciampa comes out and they brawl to the back. Uh, Escobar hits a running, and and I know you know what I'm talking about because they have the running grapple in 2K. I haven't seen anybody do it in a while, but Escobar hits a running uh, tornado DDT. Okay. And the reason I, I loved it is I was like, that reminded me of how Eddie hit Brock with that counter after he tried to go for the F5. Because mm, immediately, okay. after, immediately after he goes for that DDT, he hits that DDT, he goes for the frog splash, just like Eddie. Mm. Uh, so a lot of people were like hot for that shit. But he goes for it, but ends up rolling through his breaker evades. And the finish comes when uh, Breaker hits a huge running tackle. I mean, it looked like a spear, but you know, he 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 creamed him. Pause. Like he, mm-hmm. and then obviously the the gorilla press power slam for the win. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it, dude. I mean, the only other thing I I just remembered now is after Indy and Persia lost, they had like this post match, like, well, you know, we still got the dusty cup, so we can get another chance type thing, right? Which is cool. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, Dexter comes and like you know walks off with Indy, which you know makes Persia have a face, and then all of a sudden. Duke walks in the frame and he looks around. And he's like, oh, is this what you were looking for? And then opens his hand and then she takes his hand and they walk off screen. So I was like, okay, mm. whatever. So other than that, that was it. That was Vengeance Day, man. Like I said, I try, I try to make it real, you know. Now you went straight to the point. Sounds like the work rate was not uh, insufferable by any means. Sounds no. like they all got, you know, got right to it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, NXT will do that, man. They try to stuff as many segments as they can. So I totally get you because I was trying to be real uh, liberal with some of the stuff they got, you know, stuffed in the Dynamites broadcast last night. But um, yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, they went off without a hit. So, but uh, yeah, um, guess it's time. 
Like the fuse? It's time for the main the event. Dynamite. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, uh, shout out to Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was very apt, man. So uh, what I will say, uh, we open up seeing a punk in-ring segment, uh, noticeably wearing a mid shirt that has the uh, Burberry design on it. Not sure if that was a one of one or if that was a shot at MJF, if he had those made after he coined it, not too now, sure. I, I've seen it before, but I don't know if that was one of his shirts or something he got made too. So, or, gotcha. yeah. Uh, and I'll just get to, you know, uh, the thick of it. You know, Punk brings it up. Hey, you want to be Piper in Portland? You want to be Brett in Calgary? You're, you're Punk in Chicago. But to me, you're just shitty little Max and shitty little Long Island. Uh, he says, you know, let's go ahead and figure out the time and the place of this match that I guess he did get the right to book after that tag match with Moxley last week. Says uh, Orlando, Florida, March 6th at AEW Revolution. He does tease a, t- a, ca- a cage match at first, and, but talks about, you know, how losing the toughest matches of his career is when he learned the most and says how that's what Max needs to do is learn his lesson. And he says, you want to be tethered to Piper so bad? Well, uh, now you're going to be tethered to me. And that kind of gave me the inkling as he reveals a dog collar. Uh, okay, so no, when he first said that, I was like, oh, leather, are we going leather strap? I'm, thought, I'm thinking we're doing leather strap match. I, I thought that too, but I'll be honest, like I don't enjoy those, you know? No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say it just so I can say it and get it the fuck out of the way. As a black guy... I don't enjoy watching two guys smack each other with a, like whip each other with a fucking leather strap. Yeah. I mean, as a human being, no one likes to see that either. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, this is what I'm paying to go see. I'm like, nah, I could have rented roots. (laughs) Fuck this. Like, (laughs) but anyways, go ahead, go ahead. I know it's not that dire, but yeah, yeah. No, you're good. No, I did like how he did this though. You know, I think there was a lot of misdirect. He says, you know, will you be my Valentine? Because Valentine's Day was two days ago, but he's actually referencing Starcade yep. 83, the yep. dog collar match, which, you know, depending who you ask, you know, Roddy lost 50% or was it 75% hearing in his ear because, you know, Greg Valentine hit him in the head with a ring bell and all that stuff. But, you know, that's the last time, you know, that, that's kind of what we were uh, referencing here, you know, and I really like it, how he's digging into, you keep saying you want to be Piper. Well, Piper basically, you know, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they actually had Valentine in the crowd like during the, the Brody one, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. Uh, MGF does enter. Punk brings a pic of uh, Max meeting him as a kid, as we all seen that photo, the meet and greet, you know, uh, says, This is the greatest day of your life. But to me, it was just a Friday, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And he's like, Just like Revolution will be the worst day of your life, and the meet will just be a Sunday. Uh, and he says, the canvas I stand on will not will be stained by your blood rather than your shitty spray tan. Didn't like that he said it two weeks in a row, but whatever. Uh, and MJF is actually left speechless and retreats to the back immediately. And uh, later on in the night, we do get, um, you know, it's official that uh, this match is signed for Revolution. So besides the face of the Revolution ladder match, and then this next segment I'm going to go on, which is apparently is a three-way tag title match it'll be interesting to see what the rest of the card at uh aw revolution does turn up to be so yeah my, especially- my, my only uh note was like it, it, to me it was like it didn't make sense why mgf who would go there wouldn't have said something like are you sure i'm not going to knock your block off and give you another concussion and then your match's going to be covered in your own shit you mm. know what i mean like you know what i mean for those that know that no you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. yeah i thought him being totally speechless 
it sold it, but not realistically all the way to me. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, I, I, I am, I am excited for, I'm excited to see that we're getting another one against two very different competitors that aren't Cody and Brody. So and yeah, I like I, how I'm, they, I'm psyched for it. I mean, I like, you know, we talked to McFly about it, but yeah, I, I also liked how they didn't shy away from mentioning Cody in any way, you know, cause that's the WWE thing that what do you mean let's daniel, not even mention <laughs> who's daniel bryan he didn't just fight in wrestlemania last week i don't know what you mean <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean like it's and it sometimes is just it's nonsensical really you know so i'm glad and, they, they put him on they put him on the roman reigns t-shirt and then never talked about him on tv <laughs> like yeah seriously uh, but yeah. uh next we have this backstage segment jurassic uh or i'm sorry instant jurassic <laughs> i think it's what we've been i don't know i yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just go. Just go. And I'm just like, right. Luchasaurus, is, no, he doesn't do anything besides. No, if this is oh just a God. slow burn, obviously. I mean, I heard last last Friday they finally went against the gun club, which, you know, they've been pouring some some gas on that for a couple of weeks. And I heard it really under delivered. But it was interesting to hear that Jungle Boy won using the kill switch. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so, but yeah. Uh, we got Tony, Tony Schiavone. He's backstage. He's, uh, you know, basically explains Jurassic Express will be defending their titles in an upcoming uh, three-way tag match at Revolution. And there's set to be two tag team battle royals uh, in the next two weeks to, to uh, determine who their opponents will be. Stupid. Yeah. One, I, one, I, one, one's a regular one, but the other one has the casino on it, even though it's nowhere near double or nothing. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, I, it's gratuitous. I get they don't have time for a, you, you, a tournament. You, I get they, it, but you know they, they could literally take the four top ranked teams and have them face each other, and then those two, those two you. people win. That's it. That's all. That's you how I, I looked at it. You That's make them you, eliminator you, matches. Put, put, you could put them in the same night, so it's not like you know mm-hmm. you don't got to wait yeah. two weeks to do it. Like fuck it. Exactly. It, there's a better way to do it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's basically all you need to know. Everything else was just low hanging jokes and Luchasaurus saying three way. It does nothing for Jungle Boy at all, dude. It really does nothing. Uh, next, we got a, a very interesting match slash segment. Lee Moriarty taking on the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Uh, from Danielson, <laughs> I, I, I mean, let me spot on here. I do have a note about this that uh, something that uh, Danielson tweeted after the match, but I'll wait till you're finished because it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, no problem. Uh, on Danielson's side, I like how he teases a handshake just to slick his hair back. We see the Romero Dragon sleeper before he slaps Lee or starches him with a slap. As uh, ex- starches him say. with a slap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we see the hat suplex and uh, a very brutal rope hung knee smash. Yeah, dude. Very, very bad. Like, almost, I don't almost as bad as Wardlow, huh? Like I was thinking, but definitely <laughs> it. it in the same neighborhood, but not next door neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was very- <laughs> they could be roomies. Could be roomies. Yeah. And then we do get a label lock, but Lee does manage to get a rope break. Uh, but Lee Moriarty, he does try to target Brian's arm at one point. We see an awkward backdrop driver. Uh, he does counter a roundhouse kick with an uh, even more awkward overhead belly to belly. And he does lock in a border city stretch, but uh, Brian actually manages to counter with a roll up. We see the end with Brian. <laughs> you hear Jr. A what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, straight just up. Just don't yeah. say nothing if you don't know. Just leave yeah, it alone. If you don't, exactly. 
Uh, Brian nails a stiff-looking regal plex and a bazooka knee mm. smash before executing his face stomps and locking in a cocky triangle hold for the win. Yo, that but regal is really about the post-match, you know? Re- that regal plex was nasty. Nasty. Uh, oh, so man. we got a post-match. Uh, Danielson grabs a stick, says he doesn't trust the American public, and then brings up the proposal to Moxley, demands an answer. Moxley enters through the crowd per usual. Says, you know what? I'm a, he was a lot like the young uh, young guys in the locker room now, hungry and nothing to lose. Brings up how he faced Brian years ago at an indie show, how he you know ran late, and you know just kind of talks about how it went. Said he fought tooth and nail, came up short, but once he got a taste, he knew he wanted more. And even then, he had more chances to face Brian, as we know, but he's never been able to beat him once. Uh, says, you know, he wasn't scared like everyone else when he came to AEW because he saw the dragon he never got to slay, which I really love that turn of phrase. Uh, he says, now Brian doesn't want to fight him and he wants to join forces. And he says, I, I did get to thinking about how awesome this idea could be, how many arms we could snap, how many heads we could smash and making a group of, as he called it, unmitigated pure wrestling violence. And I uh, thought about what they could create in the legacy. A lot of the mirroring of what, you know, Brian had told, talked to him about, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He admits he couldn't think of a good reason to say no, but then again thinks the only reason Danielson wants to stand next to him is because he doesn't want to stand across from him in the ring. And if that's the case, then he's already beaten him mentally, which I really like that as well. And he asks, you know, so why do you want to join? Is it to about what we can create or because, you know, you'll get destroyed? And he says, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. I'm going to leave it up to you, Brian. But just so you know, I don't stand side by side by nobody unless they bleed with me first. And then he exits. So seems like we'll get a match of sorts no, the, at, at some the, point. The, to me, that was the best part of the promo because as much as he was like, I don't stand by nobody, I'm like, in my head, Eddie Kingston. And he's like, unless mm-hmm. I bleed with him first, I'm like, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's true. You know, so yep. I, li- I like that he upkept that. Uh, next, we get a brief vignette from Keith Lee, the limitless one. The storyteller said, of all storytellers. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the promo got a little winded for me. Yes, but did. The, the basic idea is it was only a matter of time till he was there. The anticipation was tangible. He has arrived in AEW. He says him qualifying for the ladder match is an instance where you don't save the best for last. And he said he came to make a statement. Phase one is done. Phase two is a ladder match, and the final phase is becoming Team T champion. So, you know what? That that's I don't I don't want to say it's a shot, but when you think about it, it's like yeah, why do we always do this mystery person at the end? So it's like I, yeah. I see what he's saying. Like yeah, you might as well put the best in first. So, but then again, I, I gotta say like, because I'm you know immediately I'm thinking about Cage. I'm like, well, fuck him versus Cage again would be dope, but I don't think that's ever gonna happen. See, and this is what's interesting to your point. Yeah, with the the way they roll out. The surprises so far, Keith Lee is in it. And, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but next week we got Hobbs taking on Dante for a spot. I'm like, well, Hobbs went, is it going to be like all big dudes in this ladder match? Like, I'm not mad at that, but, (laughs) but uh, yeah, we get a ladder match qualifier Wardlow versus uh, Max Caster. We talked about this in the chat. I've noticed now last week was blade. This week is Max Caster. I'm noticing Wardlow's being booked against heels. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, but pre-match, uh, the acclaim come out doing their thing. Max <laughs> yeah. talks about beating down brothers more than the baby. If you know, you know. Yeah. 
it says you're overrated like Nashville chicken. Knocked out the first round like the Titans. And uh, actually says you're not a man. You're just MJF's bitch boy. Yeah. And I really loved how Tony goes, that last uh, stanza or so. A little <laughs> bit. He said stanza. I was like, yeah. no. Tony, yeah. no. Yeah, he's like, that, that is a little uh. close to home. You know, so it seems like they're really starting to twist that that needle in a little I bit. I mean, there was that, and then I know you're going to comment on it, but there was the fact that how many times was Bowen's, like, right in front of a sitting Sean Spears? So I'm like, mm. yo, your M.O. is to hit people from behind with a chair. Yeah. You should He's just take him out. Match, so you, you won't should just, cost yeah. him the match. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, you should just take him out just, to, like, for the laugh of it and then sit back down and show. I didn't understand that part. I was like, okay, yeah. this is weird, but. Yeah, we do get, uh, at one point, uh, for Wardlow, Bowen's trips uh, Wardlow's foot from outside to help Caster, but Wardlow bounces back with a big overhead belly to belly, hits a spine buster during picture in picture, yeah. goes for a power bomb, but Bowen's actually pulls Max to the floor. Caster, uh, he's I, I did to- like I did like that spot where he saved him. I did like definitely. That. We yeah. need more of those spots. Yeah. Uh, Wardlow tries to charge uh, Caster on the floor, but runs into the still steps pretty hard. At uh, one point, Max sneakily takes Bowen's chain and uses it to counter Wardlow's powerbomb with a stiff punch. A la, I mean, I don't want to say like Triple H uses the, you know, no, the sledgehammer. No, no, off, no, no know, it was but, exactly how he passed the ring to MJF. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know what I mean? Similar. That's why I thought yeah. it was too similar. I was like, we just saw. Or maybe he was trolling. Who knows? That's true. There's a lot of stuff that that commentary because they're a little older, they're not going to catch. Yeah, very true. But the finish comes where Wardlow shoves off Caster into Bowens, who's on the apron for some reason, then hits the powerbomb symphony for the win. Uh, Wardlow doesn't even get a chance to celebrate because Bowens attacks him from behind post-match, but eats a powerbomb of his own, while Spears offers no help, just a couple of whacks with his chair on the acclaimed after being laid out already. So Shout out to Bowens, though, because they, they actually made him look strong a little bit. Yeah. The fact that he, he was stomping him in a corner before he got goozled, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm the cool fact with that. He went out there with no shirt when Wardlow's the yeah. biggest thing walking. Yeah. But he ain't <laughs> never got a shirt on. Ever. Yeah. Like true. he always Nashville. <laughs> and then they always go, you're glad of me. Oh. <laughs> they always they always scissor the A's, bro. I don't, I don't they get oh, away yeah. with too much, bro. They get away with too much. Uh, uh we yeah. got a backstage segment. Uh it's Britt Baker and Mercedes. Mercedes just mirrors her comments from last week. No DQ, no rules, no excuses. But Britt actually adds no losing. And reminds her, I brought you to AEW to finish a job. So finish Thunder Rosa. And then I'll be the most powerful women's wrestler with the most powerful squad. And apparently powerful sensei is Martin Cove of Cobra Kai walks in the frame. Does get a pop. Uh, Mercedes tells Britt she's going to go murder a bitch. <laughs> which I thought was crazy. And exits, and then Britt actually turns to Martin Cove and says, well, what should I do if she doesn't get the job done? And he just does his Cobra Kai shtick. You know what to do. Finisher, no mercy. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to get a sweep the leg at all? We're not going to get yes. those? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, next, uh, we get it, a- it, it was just a random, it was just as random because, like I told you, I mentioned it in the chat, you didn't even notice it. Melissa Joan Hart was in the fucking ring. Oh, in, that's in the crowd, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah. It was just, ra- crazy, it was just a random, it's just a random cameo for no reason. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we get an in-ring segment from the AEW Heavyweight Champ after a hellacious death match main event last week. Hangman Page, he doesn't get a word out. It just seems like this is more of the same. You know, like somebody comes out and gets interrupted. That was something they're they have not been respecting the first the year champion, of AEW. Bro. He has not gotten the respect of a world champion since he's been a world no. champion. I, I and, and I get. 
I get you get a target on your back, but it's like, damn, can he bask in it a little bit? But, you know, I'm, I'm not mad at the segment because of the way Cole came out after the match last week. You know what I'm saying? To Yeah, it wasn't like this huge, like, oh, really? It was just like, okay, it makes sense. But I'd still like to hear from the guy that should be the face of the fuck. Like, yeah. When you look like Sammy has done more, you know, I, talk, I said it before to you, like the TNT champion has main evented more times than the world champion. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's tough though, because it's like technically the TV title. So you understand, you know, but it, yeah, I totally get you. But I mean, he even, gets in a, yeah, even, even where they place his segments is like, why do we place it here? You make him seem like he's not as, as high up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, I mean, just, that's just, about, me. that's just, yeah. Me. No, I, I remember saying how maybe the week before they should have gone off the air with the way, Archer took him out. Yeah, we were talking. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So, but he gets interrupted by Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Uh, and uh, he coyly compliments, you know, his match and the wars he's been in since becoming champion before telling Tony to get the hell out of his ring. <laughs> keeping keeping that kayfabe going. Big, big pop from the crowd. Yeah. Cole says Paige has earned the right to call himself champion. Well, he's been champion everywhere he's been. So it's a shame that he's going to be the one to end the title reign. Says he wondered how it felt to sit back and watch your friends leave and build an empire without you, which I thought was a good line. Says, uh, must be weird to share a ring with the former BC buddy and stare at the one he'll never have, which I thought was not a bad, uh, you know, jab. Uh, then while Cole questions Hangman's friendships to the Bucks in the Dark Order, Paige counters by saying, hey, I'm not a perfect guy. But then he highlights Cole's seemingly worse track record with his own friends. And then uh, Cole says he's known Paige for a decade and has become a hell of a pro wrestler and champion. But now he's here, and anytime they've been in a promotion together, Paige has always been known as the other Adam, as the Flow Show will let you know. <laughs> I, when I read, when I watched it, I was like, "Well, thank you for making me out to not be a liar." Because yeah. it's, and we recorded that on Saturday, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get you. At this point, Paige gets incensed, throws the belt down, starts rolling up the sleeves to fight. But Cole tells him, look, I got nothing but love, admiration, and respect for you, and says someday they will fight for the title, and it will be man-to-man, -man, and may the best man win. Seals it with a handshake. Music hits, starts up the ramp. I was just waiting for it. I didn't believe it. I was like, I wonder I thought if it was going to be the Bucks. Bucks. I thought it was yeah. going to be the Bucks, but they but did a good job. Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah. We, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't seen them in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, they attack Paige from behind Cole joins in, security comes down security can't do a damn thing uh, and then the Dark Order charge down to save, to make the save and then Ten just starts attacking everything moving yeah, while dude. they unsuccessfully restrain him uh, but I didn't realize this was all to build to this singles match I guess or I don't know if that's why he got booked because later on, you know, and I'll just jump to it because it's, you know, the backstage seg super elite, they're with Red Dragon they're live, pal, Cutler Cam. And uh, Kyle questions, hey, we beat the hell out of Hangman. Where were you at, Bucks? You know, and they're like, well, at this point, beating up Hangman is like beating a dead horse. Bad pun to say beating up John Cena, but I get it, you know. Yeah, yeah uh, they basically were like, been there, done that. Y'all are late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we're done definitely. With that. Like, yeah. And then Cole says, we got a huge, uh, huge week coming up. I'm going to beat 10. So that's where we find out, you know, Preston Vance is taking on Cole for Rampage. Jay White's already been booked to face Trent. He says they're going to do their thing. And then he mentions the triple threat tag team title match, which is clearly planting seeds. Dude, well, as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah I just feel like it's going to be both of them, you know, but yeah, of I course. Don't know. Of course. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be? Like, oh, yeah. 
And then at this point, Matt asks where Kyle has been. He says, hey, I was busy being father of the year, having my first baby. He's like, hey, congrats. I got two of those. I got just, three of just, those. <laughs> just, just cutting a Kyle-ass promo again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And basically, they tell each other, well, you know what? Maybe you guys should sit this one out and do the next one, vice versa. They say, you know what? We'll just see you guys in the Battle Royal either way. Both teams exit in separate directions, leaving Cole clueless as to which side to go with, you know. And I love how color is like, well, you know, nah, I didn't like that because it was like, yo, it was like color. I mean, I guess to give him a reason, like, shut it off, Brandon. Landon. Yeah, gotcha. Now I got, uh, let's see, three matches left in a seg. We got uh, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager taking on Proud and Powerful. Uh, I really I like think, this. I was gonna say, I think there's some truth to what you were saying last week because, uh, Mm. Put the little snug in there, did it not? Just Definitely bit. did. That at one point, Santana was like kind of pointing at Jericho, like, who's this dude type of thing, you know? So, but it starts off all four men kind of have a standoff, and we hear Eddie Kingston's music hit, which is glad to see him back. I Huge. remember reporting he had a uh, I think an orbital bone fracture, which took him out of the GCW. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but he comes down to ringside to support proud and powerful. Santana and Jericho exchange words. Chris Pyface is off the match. Uh, Proud and Powerful hit that DDT step up moonsault combo for two. Uh, they get responded by a double shoulder block by Hager and Jericho. Hager faces off at Ortiz screaming, why? <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Championships! Man, straight up. Uh, yeah. and he hits a, a uh, nice Hager bomb pretty early. Yeah. At one point, Santana gets a hot tag, goes on an absolute tear before yeah. eating a code breaker from Jericho and an elevated power slam from Hager for two. Uh, at one point, Jericho nails a bulldog and goes for the lion's salt, but Ortiz blocks him long enough for uh, Santana to hit a springboard Russian leg sweep a la Quincy Jones go if you don't know do your homework. <laughs> it, it was funny because when I saw it, I'm like, oh, we used to do that one off the sofa all day. <laughs> all day. And at this point, uh, Ortiz actually takes out Hager with a cannonball sent on off the apron. Uh, but we see the finish come when um, Proud and Powerful hit the street sweeper on Jericho for a two count. I did not like that whatsoever. No, I didn't. I, it's I, like, bro, I, you're I, not I bigger know. than that finish. You've never taken a finish like that. You've never taken a double team finish. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, when there's two guys doing a move, you should be done. It's not a one man move. It's a you know that's, I don't know. That's how I feel. You I feel I mean? yeah. So. I feel I feel like yeah. They kind of buried that, but a little bit. Yeah, because I did. I, I'll be honest. I wasn't a fan of the last finish. I don't I, know. I what's was up just. With, I was just gonna say like, with, and, and this finish wasn't any different. Like with Eddie getting on the apron for absolutely no reason except just to get kicked off was so obvious. It yeah. Just didn't, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's because, you know, I, I I do, to me, I he gets, you know, because there was that, it was a pretty cool counter. He, he goes for the cannonball. He got caught. He turns into a lion tamer, or not lion tamer, Walls of Jericho. So I wasn't mad at, like, the, you know, him being able to do that, the athleticism. Santana gets the rope break. And, yeah, that's, like, I think, why Kingston, you know, I guess he's trying to encourage him back to his feet. But you're right. It was clearly a triangle drop kick in the making. Uh, but this just, he tries to go for the Judas effect. Santana ducks. He get, he eats a forearm from Ortiz on the apron, and then Santana hits a discus clothesline for the win. And it looked like kind of a fluke win because Jericho seemed like, what just happened, you know, type of it, thing? It, that's what, the only thing that bothered me was like, so they hit their actual finish and it's a kick out, but when he hits the Brody Lee finish, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll protect that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And and I'm not a guy. I love Brody, obviously. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was just that that part of it was weird. Um, yeah, I there was other oh, that's what that's what it was. I love how I don't want to say I loved it. I enjoyed, I'll say I enjoyed it. If people know, they know he he took that spot with the cannonball and the uh the lion tamer from his match with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. Got you. Got so you. So when he did it, I, I immediately recognized it. Yeah. Got you. Okay. That's the well, one that, post- that that Vince famously didn't like. You know what yeah, I mean? That's so. raw. Got you. Okay. Well, afterwards, Jericho can't believe what happened. Lee, he storms outside to throw hands with Kingston, but security separates the two. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes because I'm not mad at it, but I also felt like this should have happened a long time ago, given yeah. how it's being built. But yeah, I mean, obviously, with him being out with the orbital bone, that probably was the reason why we didn't get it sooner. But yeah, yeah the, I, I don't know why, but I love I, I just enjoyed so much that Eddie's like doing the Kobe that you know, basically what, what, what he did, the uh, what's his name, Matt Barnes, just like you know what I mean, while, while he's trying to beat him up, it's like he kind of summed mm-hmm. him like. Yo, yo, get this guy. He ain't really about to do no damage to me, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, like, because you don't want me to bring the, yeah, you don't really want do you, me. Yeah, yeah I, I'll bring it, but because of respect for them, I ain't going to do it. Like, it, I don't know. It was something about yeah. it. I enjoyed it. I got like a little kick out of it where he was just like, you know, like, I, you don't really want me to bring the Thunder Dog. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, straight up. Yeah, definitely interesting. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they extend this into revolution, but Jericho's not. I mean, he ain't getting cheered for shit. No, nah, I mean, it's cheered. about three weeks from now, right? So, especially when you got Sammy who left. So, you know, who knows what's going on right now? Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely not in, in the crowd yeah. in the in the crowd's favor right now. So, but anyways, yeah. Uh, next, we got uh, one of the big matches: the No DQ match, Mercedes Martinez, Thunder Rosa. Mercedes enters with the lead pipe. Immediately gets disarmed once Rosa has her chair. Uh, one point, Rosa whips Mercedes into a barricaded ringside, but it looks like she got whiplash pretty hard because it knocked over pretty pretty easily, you know? So I was kind of feeling bad about the bump. Uh, one point, Rosa climbs a riser section. Um, shaky as hell, you know what I mean? I was, I was worried she's going to slip, but she does hit a diving crossbody before the break. Uh, one point, Mercedes slams Rosa onto the grounded barricade and then smashes a chair on her back. Um, then, uh, at one point, Rosa leans a table against the apron from the floor, teases an apron DVD, but Mercedes counters and hits a fisherman buster that only actually breaks the lip of the table. I felt really bad for both ladies, but you know, they're tough. That's why that's to be honest, if if they would have bridged it across, like straight across, it would have broke, but because it was at that angle, I think that's what hurt them. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't get why they did that. Like why yeah, I, I was I know? was perplexed perplexed too like you know what I mean yeah gotcha uh, Rosa hits an avalanche hurt then throws a trash can at Mercedes Sabu style before placing it over her body and hitting a uh, hezzy drop kick as Mark would say but Martinez gets the rope break hated that killed the whole thing for me no DQ no rules there's, you grab the rope what and the, the ref there's, goes there's into no, there's no yeah. rope in a no DQ match exactly and the ref obviously did it by instinct but i thought that was dumb that's like that's some wwe stuff right that there. barry that buries the wrestler's iq yeah that that's that's, oh that's hell in the cell hey we're gonna make him lose due to dq you know what i mean it's it's nonsensical yeah finish comes when mercedes hits a uh, her spider german suplex which i've been missing on tv and then she hits a diving elbow drop that was very unsafe. She slips while she does it, but she does still nail Rosa. 
And then she goes to stack five chairs and tries to powerbomb Rosa, but she counters with a crucifix driver away from the chairs, then hits the fire thunder driver onto the chair stack for the win. Uh, Post-match, Rosa actually helps Mercedes to her feet and bows to her in respect. When we see Team DMD, as I call them, mob down the ramp, uh, Britt goes right to Cove at ringside, who says, I told you she was weak, now go finish her. And then Britt does the cue to uh, Hater and Rebel, who enter the ring, but only jump Rosa right away. Then they kind of give Mercedes a chance to pledge her loyalty as Britt hands her the lead pipe to use on Rosa. But she just hesitates way too long and gets attacked by Jamie Hayter as well as a team DMD who kind of just leave them both laid out to end the segment. So I honestly like this because I don't want her and Rosa to go be best friends and team up tomorrow. No, but I thought it was important to separate whatever they were the story they were going to tell between her and Brit because you can't mm-hmm. be the most powerful woman with three women and there's only like two women's titles. And you yeah, hold yeah. one of them, you know what I mean? So and Rebel doesn't really wrestle like yeah, exactly. Either, exactly. It's not it's not like it's the four horse women, you know, and not to even compare them, but you know, what I mean it's not like a yeah, it's not like good. yeah. And, and to be honest, you know, I, I enjoyed it because it was just old school simple. That's how you do it. That's how oh, that's, yeah. I thought I thought it was just the best way to do it. And then on top of that, I ain't gonna be mad if I see Jamie Hayter against Mercedes Martinez. I was just gonna so. say that's the silver lining for me. Mm-hmm. So I, but, I like, uh, I like got, Hater. Hater's really good. I do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, match announcements. We got uh, Friday Night Rampage Slam Dunk starting at but, 7 p.m. Actually, I was going to say it's starting at 4 o'clock for us on, yeah. the, on the West Coast. So yeah, I had to I like find say. it to DVR. And I was like, where the hell is it? But yeah, yeah. I, I'm, at for, uh, I'm at Eastern time for yeah, those yeah. Our, our East Coast fans. But yeah, it, uh, it does have a special start time. So far, we have the aforementioned Trent Beretta taking on Jay White. We have uh, Adam Cole taking on Dark Orders 10 or Preston Vance. Either, uh, you know, if you're feeling nasty, however way you want it. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Serena <laughs> with the return of the professor's five-minute rookie challenge. Say that 10 times fast. I dare you. <laughs> we got uh, Dante Martin taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. Again, it is a face of the revolution qualifying match. I have, a, then for, feeling, uh, when- I have a feeling that Dante, they got to get some plot, some high flying power in there, right? So I think yeah, Dante's unfortunately, yeah, yeah. And who else is Keith Lee gonna power bomb on everybody, right? I was thinking that too. I'm like, you're not gonna, you just demolish both of uh, of uh, private parties, and none of them are gonna get another shot. I was like, Jungle Boy's already a tag champ. Sammy's a current champ. I'm like, I don't really. I mean, Darby possibly could be in that match. Uh, Maybe. Was, I mean, but you know, that still remains to be seen. We'll we'll see, but. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, if it was, I would love for Hobbs to be in You know, I'm a Hobbs guy, but. Yeah. They've been That's making what I'm them... saying, man. You imagine Hobbs, Lee, and Wardlow. That's has a he lot. Lo- of... He's lost to Dante every time he's he's faced him, hasn't he? That's, what, that's why it's like, you would think it should be Hobbs, but that's who knows, weird, man. man. That's weird. Uh, and then for Wednesday Night Dynamite next week, House of Black taking on uh, Death Triangle, but it'll be interesting because it should be the debut of Penta, Penta L Dark. Yeah, you know? and I noticed they weren't they they still just called him Zero Miedo, which I'm like that's that could be either because they canceled that or because they want it to be a surprise or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then we got Eddie Kingston and Jericho set to have a face to face confrontation. It doesn't say inner circle confrontation, just face to face this time. And then we'll have <laughs> the first of two tag team battle royals uh, starting next week, and then the other the week after. Where again, we'll find out who the opponents will be uh, in this three-way tag team title championship match at Revolution with uh, Jurassic Express. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. 
Uh, other than that, we got two vignettes. Uh, House of Black. Uh, I really like this, man. Uh, Malachi goes, wicked hands suffer the unholy fires because violence begets violence. That's why when they put their hands on me, snakes coil around their arms and daggers pierce their skin. And that's why they brought forth Mr. King all by my own design because violence creates through destruction. And when that fire of destruction extinguishes, there is nothing left but ash. But from ashes, new things can grow, but no violence can truly create without judgment. And at this point, because we see Malachi, you know, doing the thing with the tarot cards and they got, you know, the showing his face and all that, you know, stuff they do, the B-roll. And Brody's there and he asks, who are we waiting for? And you, I thought this was cool. You hear three knocks audibly in the back, sort of like, you know, knock on my door, you know. And Black just continues with the tarot cards and he says, history. So they had me thinking like, well, y'all going to be in the, in the battle royal? Because I like that too. Well, a lot of people for, I don't know what, it, I, and I've been waiting for an answer because a lot of people were like, oh, it's got to be Buddy Matthews. This is Buddy Matthews. Oh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be Buddy Matthews. And I'm like, mm, okay. I'm not against that, but what is telling you it's him? Because this is, the, this is the only reason I bring this up. And I'm glad I forgot to bring this up to you so I can bring it up now. Malachi had a tweet a couple days ago and he says, bring the dark hermit. Hermit is capitalized. I'll take the broken knight of swords and blind justice as well. Knight of swords and the word justice both capitalized, which leads me to believe that these are significant tarot card terms, right? Mm -hmm. Says the house doesn't fear your change. The house created it, wanted it. Judgment is by design. But the reason why I bring this up is because he has a picture or he says the, the hermit, right? Mm -hmm. The tarot card for the hermit is a man with a hood over his head holding a lantern. And people were like, oh, who was that? Bray Wyatt. Mm. I mean, though, you know, I was talking to uh, Mark and I was like, I mean, I'd love for it to be Bray, but I think people think it's going to be Buddy. And he said, yeah, but Bray's a leader. And I was like, yeah, you're right. He, he doesn't need Malachi to speak for him. So, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But who knows? I would agree. And I think maybe with him saying history and you know that him and Murphy or Matthews have that brief history kind of makes sense. I wouldn't be mad at it. You know what I mean? They don't need another big guy. Brody's as big as they're going to get. You know what I mean? So, but um, after this, we get Jay White. Very interesting, I thought. He says, you know, if I didn't beat Kenny for the strap in New Japan, he may have stayed in New Japan, been no AEW, so you're welcome to the fans, you know? Uh, then he touts himself as the leader of, you know, Bullet Club, calls himself the Catalyst, and then plugs the match with him and Trent for Rampage and says, uh, I vow to show all of AEW how to breathe with Switchblade as it's still my era. So, I'm, I mean, I'm wondering where this is going to go. All this slow burn, BC, you know, degrees of separation stuff. But I, I, who yeah. knows? I mean, I'll put like this. The most intrigued and entertained I've been by Jay White. Um, and I know I'm going to get flagged for that, but I just never been 100% sold on the character. You know what it is for me? He needed, <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. He needed that beard, bro. I couldn't take him seriously with that that baby face heel look. That never really works for me. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I mean, think, I mean, look, look, look what it did for Neville <laughs> or, or Pac now, right? Like, seriously, yeah. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Because you don't even think about all that. Even Adam Cole's rocking a that, beard. Like, he usually does the stubble, but he was wearing a beard. Like, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was. I noticed that too. But uh, yeah, we get a main event. 
Uh, of course, we got Darby Allen challenging Sammy Guevara, TNT title match. Uh, I like the vignette they did earlier in the night. Commentary notes that despite facing Darby many times, uh, he's never he's yet to beat Darby in the AW ring, Sammy G, that is. Uh, but we start off, uh, there's a stiff jumping knee strike to Darby in the corner. Uh, I thought it was weird that he hit this, but he basically hit the Chicago skyline, which is Colts move. Uh, but that sends Allen tumbling to the floor pretty hard. You know, Darby sells, man. He's good. Yeah, I saw when he tumbled, but I, I wasn't I was like, what the hell did he do? Because like they kept saying almost like a buckle bomb. I'm like, what? How is that? A yeah, buckle I have bomb, no Tony? idea why, why he said that. It was it's basically, you know, it's a fireman's carry, but it gets, you know, you, you it's, drop it's, like a, it's almost like a snake eyes into the corner a little bit, right? Like a little bit, except with your body. Yeah. And also, Sammy drapes Darby over the top rope and hits a diving swanton across his back. I've seen him do that to people over the barricade, never in the ring. So I, I was like, damn, okay, y'all, y'all, all gas, all to come back after the break. Uh, he hits back to back back splashes in the corner, then works over Sammy's leg with a coffin splash to his knee. He was working over the leg in the corner, but Sammy's able to hit an avalanche Spanish fly, but noticeably lands on his knee, which I really like that storytelling. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. If, I, don't, I honestly don't know if that was planned because it seemed like they were saying that he didn't. He could have slipped a little bit, but it, it seemed like a dangerous landing to me because I know he's always yeah. his fucking knees, dude. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Sammy teases a cross. It looks like, but Darby That's what I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. I was like, they they seem like they were gonna say, "Oh, what's he going for?" And then it just or the, the the whole sequence just already changed. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, but I, I thought it was, was interesting be. that the counter wasn't to a figure four, which is yeah. Cody's other move. You know, thought, yeah, yeah. They they exchange countering this a bit, then they get a big old slapping match on the mat. At one point, Sammy counters the flipping stunner with a GTH attempt, but Darby escapes, executes the Last Supper for a near fall. Darby does get the flipping stunner, sends Sammy to the floor, and attempts a suicide dive only to get caught with a Sammy cutter on the floor. It was pretty dope. Uh, I yeah. Ray Mysterio and, and Randy Jones before. Now I was I just going to say. Yeah, 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 about two years ago they did that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sammy attempts a swanton bomb onto Darby, who's uh, draped over the apron, but he lands on the apron when he rolls out the way. Finally get a finish where Darby brings Sammy into the ring, teases the coffin drop when we see Andrade's assistant, Jose, jump on the apron on the opposite side to distract the referee. Sting takes him out of the equation while Andrade sneaks up and nails Darby in the head with an iPad, allowing Sammy to capitalize with a GTH for the win. Also curious is Matt Hardy running down almost immediately post-match to pummel Darby on the mat. He gets chased off by returning Sammy only to get hit in the back with Andrade's iPad. Then at this point, Andrade enters, picks up the TNT belts and raises them in symbolism, but gets chased off by Sting, but still celebrates his chaos with Matt Hardy on the ramp to end the show. I don't understand why he'd run off when it's him and Matt against just one Sting. <laughs> I mean, it is Sting with a bat, but you also oh, got true, two true. title belts in your hand. You know? And an iPad. And an iPad. <laughs> and actually, you got three because you got Jose, who obviously knows his way around a ring if he was sitting up there brawling with Arn Anderson at some point. Right. And not to mention if you got private party on deck, if you got blade and the butcher, like it's like, you definitely got the numbers game, but whatever. Yeah. So, but that, that was dynamite. I mean, just to review, you know, punk MJF dog collar match is official tag team battle Royal official. Um, we got this Danielson Moss Matt, uh, segment, which I thought was great. 
the Adam Page, Adam Cole segment was great. I did like Kingston's return and the inner circle kind of, because I'm hoping that we could finally put an end to the inner circle, you know? Um, the no DQ match wasn't bad, but that TNT title match wasn't bad either. Uh, but yeah, not a bad episode of um, Dynamite, but I can't help but think that they bought in on the viewership of anticipation of anything Cody related and really just kind of added some really good um, segments and things like that, you know, knowing that they'd have more eyes on the product this week. But yeah, man. Um I don't know. Like I said, I think I told you, like, it just, this whole thing would make sense with the whole Andrade thing if it was not Darby, but Sammy, because Sammy mm-hmm. has what you want. What does Darby have? I've I don't understand understood. why you want Darby. Like, it, I've it never just... understood. Like, I, I, you know, to me, like, I, you know, it just doesn't make sense. If, like, like I told y'all last night, if you're not going to bring in Flair, and I don't even know if I want to see that, but if you're not going to bring in Flair in your corner, I don't really want to understand why you want anything to do with Sting or Darby. Sting's never been known as a businessman. He's never presented himself as, you know what I mean? He's not the kind of guy you could pay off. He wasn't the APA. He was just a vigilante for the sake of justice and injustice. That was it. So it's very weird to think that he can buy off Sting. And But, yeah, I just don't understand, like, the Matt Hardy thing. I mean, look, if this is a way to what – I don't know how, what convoluted or um, overcomplicated way they're going to try to bring in Jeff, but – I don't know. I mean, Matt did say – I'm trying to go for that TNT title. He's got history with Sammy. It makes sense. But it's weird that he shut up on some Debo. When he leaves, I'll be talking again. You know what I mean? And was like, yeah, Isaiah's going to take that match. You know, so there is that underlying desire for Matt, but feels weird. It doesn't feel like a real synergy-based, you know, even if you put an A in HFO, I, I'm not seeing it, really. You know what I mean? And I get it's supposed it, it, it's, to be it's, Andrade yeah. has, like, more percentage so he's like the boss but it's like what does this do though really for andrade like what? really nothing like i really would want you to go back get them lucha bros like you know what i mean like i feel like we that did not end the way it should have like that whole thing you know so well i mean I and then you had the fact that you got matt hardy who's already has has a quote-unquote ragtag band of misfits between like two tag teams that don't even fit his his aesthetic and then you want to yeah. add Hell, Idolo in there, and it's like, yeah, no, we make sense. No, 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 we don't. That makes it worse. It makes- um, but yeah, man, that's the show. Uh, I want to thank y'all. Um, you know, technical difficulties uh, involved and everything, but uh, you know, we over here doing our thing, and you guys are always doing your thing, which is uh, listening to us, following us, supporting what we do. And if you're not, I don't know what you're doing, so go ahead and do so, man. At the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, at Quincy Jones Show on Twitter, and at Facebook.com backslash Quincy Jones Show. Of course, on Facebook, you go so find your boy Quincy Jones. Go on uh, TikTok as well as you know, I'm coming out with these rhymes, bro. You know, I'm, I'm over here with these stanzas. <laughs> I, got, I got the single No Mercy still on Spotify. Still filming the video. I know y'all been asking. We got scenes in this shit, okay? Yeah. This ain't just a rinky-dink music video. Multi-day shoot, fam. Yeah, we we, we doing some things. We're telling some stories. You can consider this the... Uh, the it's bone, a movie. It's the Boneyard Match of all wrestling-related videos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, go ahead and check out everything else I got on there as well. And of course, go and check out the hip hop hybrid. The man that you've been hot tagging you back into the music world himself. Uh, yes, this is awesome. Uh, the album is out right now, along with many other dope ass tracks he got. I mean, a cavalcade of, of freaking merchandise. Doc, you could tell him. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what's crazy is uh, Lonely People gets a lot of love still. Like, that's probably one of my, my highest stream songs, and it has nothing to do with wrestling. So, shouts to those who are there for the wrestle rap. Shouts to those who are there for good music, man. But like you said, D-O-C-L-E-S-N-A-R. There I are in that search bar. Boom. Five-star bars, etc. cetera. Uh, on your favorite platform to stream your favorite artist, which is me, if you didn't already know. And, of course, Quincy Jones Go on the back end. You know what it is. Uh, World's Greatest Tag Team, that's on there. This is awesome. Just check out the album. Meantime, follow your boy at Doc Lesnar on uh, Mercari, on Instagram, and, of course, on TikTok. Also follow me on Instagram at Doc underscore KJS pod. And find me as I'm Doc Lesnar on Facebook and, of course, the Twitter machine. Other than that, my good friend, my well, confidant. Make sure you follow him and make sure you look out for the release everywhere. Spotify, uh, iTunes, freaking iHeartRadio, and, of course, the great people at True100Radio.com. But until next time, my friends. Yes, sir. I got three, three words, words for them. <laughs> Death guys out. out.